This is the Realm of Agape Christian Church. We thank you, Lord, for this meditative message that we will share today. I pray that we will be encouraged as people of God to walk and not be weary, run and not faint. Uh, we can't have a give up spirit. You're coming back soon, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Help us to be ready. Uh, you didn't say get ready. You said be ready. It's not a time clock we are looking at to see how much we can get away with it and hurry up. No, we got to already be it. We can't be becoming it. We can't be in the germination process. We got to be already rooted and grounded and fruitful. Hallelujah. We got to be bearers of good fruit. Already you're coming back for the bearers of good fruit. Not those who are thinking about becoming a seed. Those who are thinking about becoming planted in good soil. Those who are thinking about maybe I'll germinate. Maybe I'll begin to take root and uh, have a shoot coming up. And uh, maybe I'll develop a leaf coming up and gather some sunshine. Maybe I'll do it. But we got to be already fruitful, Lord. We can't, oh God, uh, we got to uh, not waste time, but we got to redeem the time because the days are evil. We thank you, Lord. So help us to be ready for such an hour as we think not the Son of Man cometh. We thank you and we praise you oh, for health, life, and strength, for wisdom, knowledge, and understanding, for your spirit to reveal truth in the word. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank God. Thank God. Turn with me, if you will, to the book of Psalms. It's the hymn book in the middle of the Bible. Put your thumb in the middle and you'll open up to the hymn book. Amen. Psalm 34, Psalm 34, verse 1, kind of familiar to some. It says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Uh, we are living in this day and age where folks are all around the world worshiping. But some are worshiping incorrectly, not according to the standards of the true one and true living God, the creator who created us to be a, a receiver of the spirit that helps us to know how to worship and also as a transmitter of worship. So we are FM stereo. Before there was FM stereo, there was God. Amen. Before there was frequency modulation, there was the, the faith maker. Amen. Amen. Thank God. Thank God. Before there was amplitude modulation, there was the almighty maker. <laughs> Hallelujah. God made us to be receivers of the truth and to be sharers of the truth. We can taste and see that the Lord is good while we can also propagate and to testify. Amen. We overcome by the Love of the Lamb and the words of our testimony in the holy, mighty name of Jesus. He enables us to do it. So I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise is the praise that he propagates. It's the praise that he created, that he instituted, that he made a standard. Amen. It's something that we need to keep us going. It's the food we need that, that the creator created us to ingest, to become. To assimilate in, a, in the core of our being. And when we eat it, we can become it. And when we become it, we can talk the talk. We can walk the walk. God does not want fakes. He didn't say, I will uh, fake for the Lord at all times. 
and the praise I think that he meant shall continuously be in my mouth. We cannot go around the world uh, thinking that we think we know. We have to go around knowing that we know. And we should not open our mouth until we know that we know. Until then, every mouth should be made silent and amen. Don't move until you have the empowerment from on high. We need to sit and lay down and marinate in the upper room. Some of us went without being sent and there's a propagation of falsehood all around the world. People are not blessing the Lord, they're blessing themselves. At all times, at every waking moment, we go to bed playing and rise up to play some more. But God is coming back and we're not preparing ourselves for God to crack the sky. And he's going to come back for those who have already been ready. They're not trying to maybe think about getting ready one day. Maybe I'll wait till the last minute and then I'll get ready right quick and, and he'll crack the sky. This is why folks want bids on knowing when the appointed time is and they have sat Jesus down, and now they have a revelation outside of the word. They think the canonized scripture is not enough, and now they have a, another spirit that's telling them other things outside of the word, and they make themselves higher than they ought, and they have the word for the day that, that they're only privy to, and they have cornered the market with this cultic thought. But God is saying, I will bless the Lord, all caps. When you bless the Lord, you are serving the Lord. We got to think about the Hebraic meaning of the scripture. We are serving God. We are working for God. He is the one that uh, enables us. He's the one that lights the light of the pathway. Every step I take. And he gives me purpose. Uh, a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. The path is the purpose, the feet, that's the everyday mission. The other one, the long haul, that's vision for the long haul. Amen. Lamp up to my feet, everyday mission stuff that we got to do on the daily. And then light up to my path, that's the purpose from heaven. We need purpose from heaven. And why do we need it? We need to walk in it. Because when, when we're walking in it, we're walking in the spirit and not giving in to whatever our innate sinfulness has uh, coddled us and comfort, comforted us into doing and being. To go to hell, one preacher said, you don't have to do nothing. Just do what you do, how you do it, how you were born. But to be holy, we have to fight the good fight of faith. We have to weed the garden. My God, we have to, amen, lay aside every weight and sin. We have to let this mind be in us that was also in Christ Jesus. Amen. There's stuff we got to do. It's called works of faith. Without faith, you can't please God. Amen. Yes. I don't want to be one that believes uh, and then turn back. That's called unto perdition. But I want to believe as unto the saving of my soul, as it teaches in Hebrews. Amen. Those are the people who will bless the Lord at all times and his praise shall continuously be in their mouth. It's not a sometimes the kind of God. It's not a part-time religion, but it's all the time. Every waking moment, 24, 7, 365, all the time. Hallelujah. And if we disconnect ourselves from that, we're going to lose life. We're going to lose strength. 
And uh, when you are blessing God, you are worshiping God. It's a lifestyle. Amen. It's a mentality, an ongoing mentality. We worship God for spiritual strength. In other words, that's what we're talking about today. We worship God for what? Spiritual strength. That's what worship is for. And when you do it right, you're going to gain spiritual strength for the everyday daily tasks and for the ongoing trail ahead. God says, and amen, that you should run and, and not be weary. Walk and, and then walk and not faint. Amen. amen. Yeah. We're going to walk every day and not want to give up. Walking is a way of life. Uh, in the, in the, in the uh, King James Version, they call it, the King James Version, they call it conversation. A conversation is a way of life. It's not what we're saying to each other, but it's our lifestyle. How are we living this thing? How is our lifestyle conducive for being one that is worshiping God? Worshiping God means I'm plugged in. I'm getting strength. When you plug the electrical cord in, it's, it's giving, giving you power and when we're plugged into God, we're getting power. And when you worship God like that, you're getting power. This scripture, Psalm 34.1, it was written to help us maintain a correct attitude when it comes to relating to our creator. This devotional uh, is fortified with essential spiritual vitamins from Psalms 3 and 4. And in these Psalms, we will find the ongoing presence of mind needed to do three, three main things. One, get up in the morning with a proper attitude of gratitude towards God. Number two, maintain that attitude throughout the day. Number three, at the waiting part of the day, go to bed in the evening with the same attitude of gratitude towards God. That should be your daily sandwich. Praise and gratitude in the morning. Living the thing all day and then praise and gratitude in the night. Amen. Let's look at a synopsis of both Psalms 3 and 4 right quick. Psalm 3, the synopsis therein. Uh, Psalm 3 has a main theme. It is this, a morning prayer. That's what it is, a morning prayer. So you get up, starting your day in the morning. Psalm 3, a morning prayer that prepares the heart of the godly to persevere through daily trials. And God said, yes, there would be daily trials. Why? Because we're going against the grain. The grain is sinful. And we're going against it with a consecrated mind. And that's going to go uh, against the flow of traffic. So this psalm, if we look at the history of it, it is a psalm of King David. When he was fleeing from his own adult son named Absalom. Uh, the historical record of this unfortunate event is found in 2 Samuel chapters 15 through 18, which I don't have time to go through the whole thing. My God. But there was sin in the camp. Uh, not in Moses' camp. Moses had to preach that there's sin in the camp. Amen. They found out who it was by locks. Amen. But this sin in David's camp, his household, uh, there was uh, sin there. His house was laden with adultery, murder, my God, espionage, and all sorts of uh, mind war games and, and fleshly, uh, sinful kind of fun. 
the kind of fun that tastes so good you don't want to let it go, but it is killing you. It's thrilling you, but it's killing you. My God, and that's the kind of spirit that was camped out in David's household. Uh, he had half children. They had brothers and sisters, but they were, a lot of them were half brothers and sisters. So they didn't really feel like they were kin sometimes, sometimes far removed, thrice removed, well, maybe a hundred times removed. I don't know, because David had a lot of wives. Amen. He was a polygamist. And then one boy fell in love with his own sister in such a way that one of his cousins came and briefed him on how to trick her into the bedroom so that he could do whatever he wanted to do. And uh, my God, Amnon uh, is the one that was sick in love with one Tamar. My God, his half-sister. And then his cousin, Jonadab, my God, he came with an evil mind of advice and help him, helped him to learn how to lure her in. And then he was able to lure her in according to the evil counsel of Jonadab. And then Tamar was found there, found there in the lair of her sick half-brother. Uh, she was serving him as though he was sick, he said he was. And, and then he caught her, and then too strong, he forced her, my God, into a uh, sexual act that she was not, amen, uh, in agreement with. And he raped her, my God. And then he threw her out and, you know, called her all kind of names as though she was a whore and such. And he said, uh, we just throw away the whores after we're done with them. And suddenly, the high love that he had became the lowest hate. So it wasn't a true, real love that God instilled. Amen? My God, my God. And then, of course, the other half-brother Absalom, he was angry about that. It took two years for him to get him back, but he was meditating on it. It's like a man in prison. Oh, when I get out of here, I'm going to take care of business. And he took care of him. He had all the princes meet at some camp meeting, and all of them went. And uh, the only one that couldn't escape, of course, was Amnon. Absalom had him taken out. He gave the word, uh, the hit, and all of his henchmen hit on him and killed him. And then they all fled. And, and then one went back with the evil report that all oh, the princes are dead. Uh, there's none left. And then uh, one did come with the truth and say, no, only Amnon is dead. And the others fled, my God. And he let him know that Absalom was up to it. And David didn't do it right. He didn't treat this thing right. And he, he, he began to almost uh, exonerate the one that caused the problem. My God, the murderer was given all kind of freedoms. Yeah, he was, he, he was uh, exiled to a point, but uh, he did not handle this thing right. And he allowed his son to be able to come back one day. And, but the son's mind and heart was still not right. And then he proceeded to get into the ears of all of those who were counselors and he began to pull the cords of their heart and he began to take the kingdom right from under David's nose. It got so bad that David had to flee his own kingdom and his son was out to get him. My God, have you ever had a sleepless night due to a societal or domestic challenge? Maybe there's problems in your household 
that have caused you such anguish. And maybe there's stuff that's going on in the world that's causing you a lot of anguish and you can't get a good night's sleep. I don't care what that commercial says, sleepies. You, you can't sleep, my God. My God, I don't care what kind of tea you drink, medicine you take, you cannot get your sleep on. Now, there is inspiration in King David's experience that gives us reason not to give, give in to worry and uh, inner turmoil that causes us sleepless nights because of things beyond our control that, you know, keep us up at night, losing a good night's sleep, etc. Uh, when that happens, we need Psalms 3 and 4. That could be your medicine, but you got to read it in the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost has to be the, the revealer of the truth and the one that inoculates your inner core and causes you now to have peace beyond what you can fathom or think. Amen. Mm -hmm. So both Psalms were written uh, when, when, when David was exiled from Jerusalem because of his son becoming so evil and he worked to steal the kingdom. Psalm 3 is a mourning psalm. Uh, if you see verse 5 of that psalm. And uh, Psalm 4 is an evening uh, psalm 3 is a, is a morning psalm. Psalm 4 is an evening psalm. If you look at Psalm 4, 8, you'll see what I mean. How was David able to sleep when he was in such danger? Uh, the enemy was against him. In uh, other verses of scripture, uh, we see in Psalm, psalm 3, 1 and verse 6. Uh, but David knew that God was for him. God uh, surrounds you. If you look at verse 3. You'll see what I mean. He sustains you in verse 5 and saves you uh, in verse 7. Uh, when, when people discourage you, uh, that's in verse 2. God can yet be the lifter up of your head in verse 3. Amen. Amen. Uh, the synopsis now of Psalm 4, uh, the, this, this psalm historically has a theme as this, an evening prayer which reveals how Jesus advocates on our behalf in our weakness and how we should pray to the Heavenly Father in his name. This brief psalm divides itself like this. Uh, in verses 1 through 3, a desperate cry out. In verses 4 and 5, a correction happens in the prayer. And then a confidence happens that ought to be good confidence in verses 6 through 8. Amen. Thank you, Lord. King David wrote this psalm as he was about to retire for the night. In verse 8, he could not do much about the war all around him, so why should he, you know, uh, worry? That's what we do as humans. We worry about things that we have no power over and we think that we can, you know, maybe do something about it as we are thinking worried thoughts in our mind. But I was taught that worrying is a sin because now you're not trusting God, you're trusting in your own self and in your own ways. But in our all of our ways, we should acknowledge him and he is supposed to direct our path. Yes. If we're not acknowledging him and allowing him to direct our path, it is a sinful state. Yes. Because it is not faith anymore. And you can't please God without, without faith. faith. See, God did not want us to lie in our bed and become worry warts. My God. And uh, 
David committed himself and the whole situation to the Lord. So he's a good example here. This is what God expects all of us to do. He inspired David to chronicle this threefold testimonial as encouragement for us all. When he was in the midst of trouble, when Absalom was about to steal the kingdom, and he had cohorts all around searching out, like he put a hit out on his own father. My God, he was working hard to take him out. David had to camp out in the far reaches in obscure places and having a hard rock for a pillow. My God, he still had solace and comforts in God's spirit as he sung songs, hymns, and spiritual songs and prayers. He wrote, amen, some of his best lyrics from the pain he experienced and how he was able to keep his faith in God. He asked in verses one through three about, amen, the situation. Asking the Lord for help is still a good way to deal with inner turmoil, according to scripture in Philippians 4, 6 through 8. Um, David not only asked God about the situation, he believed in verses 4 and 5. He faced his anger honestly and gave it to the Lord. Uh, see a worthy cross-reference of this in Ephesians 4, 26, which I don't have time to turn to. So instead of lying in bed and thinking about our problems, we should meditate on the love the Lord has for our soul and reciprocate praises of love back to God. We have to turn off that worry faucet. It's dripping, it's dripping, turn it off some kind of way, shove something in there, shut it up, and turn your heart towards God. It's like you gotta be, amen, almost uh, double-minded in a way, but it's a good double-minded. I'm gonna put that worry in the back corner and I'm gonna just praise God like I'm going out of my mind, amen. And you put that praise to work, watch God go to work for you. Amen. Amen. So David asked, he believed, and now he received in verses 6 through 8. In the darkness, David saw the face of God and received light. In other words, he allowed God's spirit to speak to his heart, revealing how the heavenly father wanted to bless him with strength to endure through trials. Why do we worship? We worship for strength. So in his sorrow, he discovered the gift of gladness. In the time of battle, he received peace. God did not immediately change the situation. That's what we want God to do. And then we lose faith when we have that false faith. God is supposed to move. When God, when I say something like that to God, he's got to move. God don't God, I'll do anything. And if we could boss God around, he's not God, you're God. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. I serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. I know that he's living no matter what men may say. Amen. I see God working. He lives in me. And if he lives in me, amen, this gives me now faith that Jesus took the punishment for sin. Amen. And then rose again and gave us the Holy Spirit as reference to let us know he's alive. Is God alive in you or is your subcultural thought process given to you by the cultic leaders that are leading you? Is that the thing driving you? Is having a fancy car and all kinds of bling bling that they're promising you, is that what's driving you? My God, mm -hmm. maybe other things are driving you. The handsome single pastor 
Amen. And you think you could get in his pants soon enough. My God, maybe that's driving you. Hallelujah. But God is calling for a holy church. He's not calling for folk chasing each other's tails around. My God. But I come from the Holy Ghost church. When the Holy Ghost get all good in you, you begin to, amen, run around and nobody's chasing you. My God. And they're running in the power of the Holy Ghost and dancing in the Holy Ghost and singing and praising God in the Holy Ghost. My God. And your soul's on fire from the Holy Ghost, yeah. not from some sensual hotness. Thank you, Lord. No. This is the holiness God is calling for in these last and evil days. He needs us to reciprocate praise in the midst of his house, not foolishness in the midst of his house. Yeah. He's coming back for a clean house. Hallelujah. That's right. He's coming back for a clean church, yeah. a clean house. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We better clean our minds. Let this mind be in us that was also in Christ Jesus. I was praying that prayer early, early, early this morning, my God, saying, Lord, in times past, I wasn't trying to walk privy to the praises of the Most High God that you instituted for us, the healthy medicine for our soul. But I was trying to find pleasures here and there and other places, my God. But God said, yes, I'm here that I will keep you from falling, and I want to present you faultless before my throne with exceeding joy. And I said, thank you. You're my only wise God. You're my savior. To you be glory, majesty, dominion, and power evermore. Hallelujah. Come. Let your glory shine in me. Glory comes not to be a show-off. Glory comes to clean you up. Glory doesn't come that you could make a boast in your flesh, but you can make a boast in the Holy Ghost. And when you make a boast in the Holy Ghost, you are humble. You said, if it hadn't been for the Lord on my side, where would I be? Yes. It was Jesus who set me free. Yes. Not my own mind. Yes. My mind wasn't made up till I allowed the Holy Ghost to come in and give me the mind that he intended for me to have from the get-go. Yes. So I'm thanking God in a humble way. David was able to do that out there in obscurity. That's why he gained strength in the Lord and didn't give up. He received from God in verses 6 through 8. Thank God for that. Yes, it was dark out there, but he received the light of God. Yes, he had a sorrowful feeling that was all hovered about his heart, but he discovered the gift of gladness. In the time of battle, he received peace. God did not immediately change everything around him, but you know what? David changed. When your situation seemingly is not going to change, you better have a change on the inside. Amen. You change. Hallelujah. And God could do the same for each and every one of us. God never sleeps. He wants us to get our sleep, but he never sleeps, according to Psalm 121, verses 3 and 4. So why should we stay awake and worry? Mm -hmm. He walks before us, and he has our back. I can feel God saying, and I agree with W.W. Wearsby on this, if you can't sleep, don't count sheep. Talk to the shepherd. Amen? People like doing that, counting sheep. No, don't waste time doing that. The days are evil. Redeem the time. Talk to Jesus. Yes, right. Hallelujah. Amen. So this psalm, amen, was committed to one of the chief musicians. There's a prophetic deepness here. Stay with me. It was to be sung on an instrument called the Naganoth, which is an Hebraic stringed instrument. Naganoth means a whole set of stringed instruments. And uh, you can see Habakkuk. 319 
the songwriting prophet. Reminds me of Lisa, the songwriting prophetess. Amen. Uh, so this instrument is played on with the hand plucks, and uh, it's orchestrated in specific ways uh, in conjunction with singers who are blending in the harmonies with it and giving the words for the pain that's in our heart, and we're offering it up to God so God can make a change happen. And this is a prophetic instruction. It, it's appointing all Christians to sing in their heart throughout the day. David sung throughout the day and night when he was in obscurity and in evasive maneuvers against his own evil son. My God, God is showing us we got to keep that praise ringing in our heart, keep that worship service going on in our heart and our mind, staying in tune with God's spirit. Uh, you can see Ephesians 5.19 and Colossians 3.16 for cross-reference on your own. But we are expected to sing to God, not always audible. You don't have to wake up your loved ones in the wee hours of the morning screaming out praises. My God, it could be ringing in your heart. I had one co-worker who was testifying how deep they were as a couple. And he wakes up in the middle of the night screaming praises and banging on the bed and everything. I said, you're never going to get any sleep. I say, well, there is wisdom in the Holy Ghost. We don't have to, amen, think we get our connection uh, in an audible way all the time, especially when we should love others more than we love our own self. We should think about others needing sleep, amen? amen. And the Holy Ghost won't make us act more unseemly, amen? Right. But we are expected to praise God nonetheless. It may not be always audible. It may not be in musical perfection. I cannot sing that well. Oh, the Holy Ghost hit me real good. I could hit a note pretty good. Amen. But I need a deep anointing for it. Hallelujah. Some people seem to just wake up in the middle of the night singing songs, hymns, spiritual songs on key. My God, Lisa can do that. I have to go hunting for a key. A hunting we will go. My God, but that's all right. But we always got to worship God the best way we can in the spirit of the Holy Ghost, persevering in it, even though we have emotions and chemistry going against that. But we got to go in the Holy Ghost and prayerfully worship in our hearts towards God based on who he is, not our feelings, who he is, and not how we are tempted to feel. My God, take this blessing home with you that God expects us to experience daily spiritual revival. I know we like calling revival meetings and such, but God wants us to have what? A daily spiritual revival. If we learn how to do that and become spiritually mature in that, we won't have to call these special meetings that we call revivals, which are a lot of times just a budget building campaign, my God. And uh, they see the money rolling in a good one day. They say, well, I feel that we got to extend the revival another two, three days. Oh, God is saying a whole week. Oh, I feel it. Oh, what they feel is their pockets getting heavy a lot of times. My God, they're calling out them lines. And, oh, we got, I see 10 in the line with $50. Come on, there's a blessing for you. The $50 line. And they have a blessing that the $10 folk not going to get. So people, they say that you got to ask somebody 
If you got a borrow, go ahead and borrow. If you got to put it on your credit card, put it on there and get your blessing, my God. Fleecing the saints. Lord have mercy. There, I, I talked about a complaint early on in the message. Yeah, this is the time where you feel like you killed all the day long and all revival night long. When folks are trying to fleece you, sheep before the shearers are done. My God. But we need to rise up and wake up to what the Holy Ghost is really trying to get us to do on a daily. Amen. If we persevere in this process of worship, uh, our hearts will be blessed throughout the day. His spirit will help us experience a maintained freshness that can only be experienced as we relinquish control to the Holy Ghost. It is in that faithful love that we will spiritually understand the keeping power of God's eternally capable hands of mercy and grace for our souls. He wants to be the author and finisher of our life story. He who began a good work is more than able to complete. Amen. Amen. We can go through life pretending to have acquired the spiritual fortitude to maintain a lifestyle that is only uh, preserved as we are truly living spiritually in a right relationship with Jesus. Time will tell the truth if we uh, personally decide to separate ourselves from God's plan. Allowing sin in our heart will always make matters worse. If we say that we have true fellowship with Jesus, but are actually living a life based on our own commands, we are living a lie and are not truly keeping it real, based on 1 John 1, 6. We cannot forget for whom we should be living, or who made us alive for righteous purposes. We are called by God to be living sacrifices in the fellowship of our Lord's sufferings as, as we put our lives purpose on his holy altar. Choosing to be his disciplined soul in a finite fallen world, Staying alert and preparing for his return and being prepared in the meantime for his eternal promise. Psalm 44, 22 says, yet for your sake, we are killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. God knows this, that our, our afflictions are going to be all around us because we're going against the grain. But God is the keeper of our soul. There's good news. Romans 8, 37 and uh, uh, 38 and 39 uh, in the English Standard Version says, uh, no, in all, all these things, we are more than conquerors through who? Him who loved us, that's through Christ. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, you know, politically speaking and such, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation, will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, who is supposed to be our what? Our Lord. Amen. Amen. So he instructs us and encourages us. Keep singing in your hearts, not allowing the enemy of God, who is the devil, to rob us of God's presence in our life. God's presence builds as we sing to him a new song. A new song is an anointed song, not necessarily brand smacking new, my God. But new because it's in a powerful, unending flow of life. 
It's ever new. Amen. God doesn't get old. Thank you, Lord. So pray this prayer from the scripture in Psalm 138. It's to have a right relationship with God. It says, I give thanks to you, O Lord, with my whole heart before the false gods of this world. I sing your praise. I bow down toward your holy temple and give thanks to your name for your steadfast love and your and your faithfulness. This is the kind of songs David sung when he was in the middle of promise. For you have exalted above all things your name and your word. So Jesus' name and his word should be the most important thing, not our problems. Amen. On the day I called, you answered me. Uh, the strength of my soul, you increased. See, worship is for what? Strength. Amen. All the kings of the earth shall give you thanks, O Lord, for they have heard the words of your mouth. And they shall sing of the ways of the Lord, for great is the glory of the Lord. For though the Lord is high, he regards the lowly, but the haughty, the prideful, he knows from afar. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve my life. You stretch out your hand against the wrath of my enemies, everything evil, and your right hand delivers me. The Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. We got to remember that. And if we say that every day, we can be revived. It says your steadfast love, O Lord, endures forever. We got to go against the lies of the devil and keep saying that. Do not forsake the work of your hands. I pray this prayer in the mighty name of Jesus. I added that part. Amen. If you pray that prayer, we'll go to Psalm 138 when you're in trouble. Pray that as a prayer. Amen. Amen. And the Holy Ghost will give you some melody to put on it. Amen. You'll sing it to the Lord. Don't have to be all like you are some, you know, great gospel singer. But it's between you and God. It's worship between you and God. And the devil's going to back up. He's going to see you praising God. He can't take it. Now it becomes the holy of holies. And he can't. Amen. He's never invited in there. He can't never go in there. We could go in there. Thank God. Because we become as priests. We could go before the presence of the Lord. God is inviting us into the presence. Amen. Come on in. But sometimes we're holding on to things. And those things uh, disallow us from going in. My God, God wants us to have the freedom to come on in. And if we you know, lay aside sin, God is not going to allow flesh to glory in his presence. You got to get rid of that stuff. There's stuff you got to get rid of because God has a holy standard. People can preach whatever they want and teach whatever they want. But God is holy. He said, be ye holy, for I am holy. Amen. Yes. Amen. I'm one God, eternally existed in three persons. One God, amen, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. We can't be perplexed about with these polytheistic, cultic teachings, uh, redefining God's grace as though we can live all kind of ways and God still got to love us. He's going to love us regardless. That's why he died for us. He wants us to be right with him. He shed his blood, but the blood got to be applied to our life. And how do you do that? You got to submit yourself to God and everything he's saying that must be done in your life. He's going to take away the sinfulness. Amen. The perverted way. My God. The, the ways that go against his calling. And then he's going to enable us to take a stand on the holy hill with him. And he will enable us to be the call according to his purpose. We thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. May your word prevail in our life. May we, oh God, be able to exalt your name 
in all things. May we call on the name of Jesus. In the time of trouble, you are there. My God, you are there. Hallelujah. When we don't have trouble, you are there. May we call you the more when we're not in trouble. So we'll have the wherewithal, the power stored up for that when trouble comes, we will be already prepared, oh God. We can walk and not be weary. Run and not give up. We thank you, Lord. In the holy name of Jesus, I dare you to sing and give God a praise for who is our Redeemer. Hallelujah. Our fortress, our strength. We of the realm of Agape Christian Church pray that the Holy Word of God has richly blessed your soul. To send prayer requests, use the contacts page of our website, www.roagape.org. We need your continued prayers and financial support to maintain this ministry. You can also find a secure means of donating on our website. God bless you.